Hey everyone, you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard, and I'm your host, Heather. So today's topic, we're talking about God. (laughs) The episode title is The Topic Your Mama Told You Not to Talk About, and we're talking about it here today, guys. So thanks so much for joining me, and I can't wait to get right into this one. I know from the time that I was little, my mom said, you don't talk about politics or religion. It's just, it's a thing that people vary on and are very passionate about. And it's easy to upset somebody on one of these topics because, you know, you're, you probably connect with people on a lot of different levels, but something like this is big and we don't make our decisions lightly. It's usually based in our life experiences. And so it's deep. It's like, you don't want to challenge somebody at the core of who they are. But this morning I was reminded of just how important it is to be authentically yourself. So every week I do two live posts um, within both my client only um, Facebook group. I'm not sure if I'm explaining this well, but um, for people who buy my program, there's a separate Facebook group that only those clients are allowed into. Um, I also have a Facebook group that is open to everybody. Again, it's a private Facebook group that anybody can join. And the group is wildly growing. So I know there's no way that every single member inside of this group is on the exact same page as far as where they stand religiously. Um, I know when I open my mouth and on every podcast, this is the case on every post I make on every live I do within my Facebook group that I run the risk of offending somebody. And, you know, I think that we all need to come around to not worrying about offending somebody so much that we are editing who we are and how we talk. Um, I apologize, by the way, if you're hearing me out of breath. (laughs) I am suffering from some New England allergies, so I'm in rare form today. Um, So back to the topic, though, here. Really where this all stemmed from, I was coming up with a post to put inside of the the large growing Facebook group. And um, I was like, you know what, I'm going to breach the topic. And I knew, I knew the second I decided to do it, that I might have people leaving my group. I knew this group is growing. I'm like, this is something that I'm paying money to grow. (laughs) You know, I'm, this is my, my livelihood and my income. But guess what happened in my life when I lost my husband? I hit my knees and I prayed to get back up. I prayed to have a reason. I prayed to have direction. I prayed to just be able to get out of the depths of the pain I was in. And it was like I felt like the earth was swallowing me whole. But something got me up. And I don't think it's something. I was praying to one person. I was praying to God. I wasn't saying, you know, okay, um, you know, to whatever energetic universe hears me. No, I said, God, do you hear me? I need you. And he answered me. So who am I to turn my back now on the one and only, you know, source of comfort that I had in my deepest, darkest moments? I asked for support, 
I got it. Pretty much my whole life, anytime I've literally given it all to God and said, okay, uh, now what? I have been met with answered prayers, help, not always the help you want or you're looking for or the immediate answers you seek, but always, always in hindsight have I looked back and gone, oh, okay. Always. That's shocking to say, especially from somebody who just recently lost their husband to cancer. But I still have faith in that, that there will be a day, there will come a time when I'm going to say, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense now. In a million years, I couldn't have seen that, but now I get it. Um, and that's amazingly difficult to even say out loud, but I know it. So, you know, when I was thinking about, you know, changing my topic to something that would be more well-received, I realized, no. One, when you're truly being authentic, you draw in the people around you that you need. Um, you know, I don't need to be supported by a million people who are going to argue every time I say something. I mean, I even say within the group... Listen, for me, it's always going to be God. But, you know, if you believe in something else, that's fine too. You know, I don't want to scare anybody away from my, you know, message. The whole point of this is to be able to be heard and have people hear what I have to say that I think has value. Um, I'm certainly not slamming the door in anybody's face because their beliefs are different. It's not for me to judge. I don't even care. It doesn't matter to me at all. What I wanted to get across in this episode is... I think there's huge importance in having faith in something, in someone, in higher power. Because if you don't, where then do you go when you fall? Who then helps pick you back up? How can you ever know it's going to be all right? Um, And if whatever higher power you're putting your faith into, say it's not God, Do they come through for you? Do they provide you with what you need? Do you feel solid and trust and faithful that anytime you've reached out for that help, that that higher power has been there for you? And if the answer is no, my question is then why do you continue to lean on that? You know, Um, I have a lot of friends who claim to be spiritual but not religious, and that seems to be my generation's way of being like, I don't feel connection with God, but I do believe in some higher purpose or, um, you know, that the universe has my back. But I question that sometimes because I don't know the last time I heard any of them pray to universe or, you know, get a divine download of like, um, you know, support in that way spiritually. Um, to where like when somebody is hurting or whatever that that's the that's the um support that they offer do you know what i mean like within my group i often hear people say like comments back to people about how god um thank thank goodness for god um you know how, what would we do without god um you know i'm praying for you but i don't often hear people say the universe has you. It's going to hold your, you know, in you and your highest light. Or I don't see that happening. I do hear people saying those words to one another in the sense of like, um, like, you know, oh, wow, that's amazing that that happened. Like, wow, the universe really does work in interesting ways, but not like offering it in the way of support. Like, hey, reach out to universe. They'll have you. 
Why is that? Because have we ever actually, you know, felt the receivership around once you've asked for it, getting it from universe? And I'm not questioning anybody else's faith here or beliefs or whatever. Um, I often will even say the universe, but that's my way of saying this universal, like, energetic, um, you know, it's like, to, for me, that that word is more of like a connection to the earth and the um, all this stuff around you, be, call it Mother Nature or whatever. That's my connection to universe. When I say that, it's more of like a universal, uh, um, you know, this energetic um, state of mind or... Um, but I do know that I have many friends who just are like, they'll look at me like, well, what has God, God done for you lately? And I think we could all ask that question of one another. But the truth of the matter is, what makes us faithful towards any one religion, um, higher source, is that we have felt the power of that. So if you haven't found the power in that, I'm encouraging you today to find connection some way, somehow. And I don't know how to tell people to do that because some people are just like, eh, the silence, there's nothing, sorry. It's not for me. There's no connection or, you know, they had some um, issue with church as, you know, in their youth or um, their connection through their parents um, or lack thereof or, um, but I do have countless stories of things and ways in which I do feel as though God has stepped up for me. And when somebody who has seen the lows that I have in my, you know, past few years, I can tell you that's big, you know? Because it's rare that people are in their darkest days and just so um, passionate about where they put their faith. But I do believe that it's because you go one of two ways. You either you go through hard, hard traumas and you cling on to that higher power. You put all your faith in God or you have hard things happen and you point your finger and blame it on him. But once again, I question because that means you believe that God is that powerful, right? It's like kind of a oxymoron, so to speak. Like if you really don't believe him to be all powerful, then how do you believe he had that power to give you such a terrible experience, you know? And in what um, way would some higher power that you, you know, are supposed to have all of your faith and trust in would ever do that to you, um, that just doesn't resonate with me. I just, I really have a hard time connecting that any higher power would ever inflict such pain for nothing. Um, you know, but it's heavy. This topic is crazy and I'm sorry, mama, <laughs> I am getting into it, but I think it's important because I think where we keep going wrong is we ask and we ask and we pray and, um, you know, when things stink, when things aren't going our way, that's when we lean on our faith. What about the other times? You know, it's like, okay, so we expect that God be there for us when things are terrible. And then we get huffy because he didn't answer my prayers. But where were we when things were going right? Like, did we thank him for that? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like real easy to be like, man, like God's not on my side. But uh, what about like the other half of your life when things were going great? You know, or my guess is it's not a 50-50 split. You've probably had more good times than bad. 
it's occurred to me at times that we are all actually talking about the same higher power. Um, not all, but many of us are. When we talk about, um, you know, God in terms of a name or um, even saying higher power, maybe God just recognizes that's our connection to him. And he's forgiving enough to not care. Like, you know, some people call me Hev, some people call me Heather, some people call me by my middle name, people had nicknames for me in college. I still respond to all of them. I mean, it's not our fault as far as what things have happened to us in our past or our um, upbringing and exposure to religion and how um, like some people in their faith have just had times where they have felt very alone. Um, I guess for me, what I'm just trying to get through today is that in absence of faith in something bigger than yourself and that there's more at work than what we know and see and can feel can leave you so isolated. And I think that's what I was seeing inside my Facebook group with so many people talking about isolation and feeling lonely. Um, it's like an epidemic right now. I just feel like everybody feels that way. COVID didn't help for sure. Um, but a lot of people are feeling lonelier than ever. And like the connections they do have, a lot of them are on, you know, social medias or just not, you know, really deep level stuff. And I guess I just, I often want to say, like the people that in the group that never talk about that are the ones that are always talking about God and faith. And it's not lost on me, you know? I think there's a connection there. And I think it's because I never feel alone. Like I'm a homebody anyway. I like to be at home. I'm totally fine with that. But I also don't feel isolated or alone. I don't feel, I feel like it's choice. You know, I enjoy the quiet. I enjoy the, you know, warm cup of coffee and a good book or like watching a movie on the couch with my kids or, you know, sitting by the lake or whatever. But I don't necessarily want to be always out and super active. And I mean, I had years of that too, but this phase in my life, I'm just not, not looking for that. But that connection makes you feel like you're just not alone. You know, I mean... I have people talk about fear a lot too and when I hear the word fear I automatically think in my mind like if you truly surrender the fear just disappears I mean that's not easy not many of us I don't think I've ever truly surrendered but you can't be afraid when you're not the one driving the car you know of crashing it <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah you can be afraid that it could still crash but that's not really trusting the driver, is it? <laughs> right? So if you fully trust the driver, in my situation, that's God, and you completely surrender it to this person that you have eternal trust in, then it's hard to just sit there nervously biting your nails like, oh no. You know, any of us could lose everything tomorrow. A car crash could take your family. Um, you know what I mean? Like a hurricane could take your home. There, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? You get where I'm going with this, a fire, a whatever. Some tragic event could take everyone and everything you've ever loved. Um, the one thing for me that it was constant was faith 
because nobody can take that from me. That's mine. It's mine to choose to have. And it's something that makes it so even if everything else disappeared, I don't have to feel like I'm literally on an island alone. So it's powerful. And I'm all about and always have been like since the start of my career, I really actually, you know, in college, I think I talked about this in a past episode, my whole college theme even was um, sort of mind, body, spirit. And that truly, I mean, it's the spirit piece we're all not connecting to very well these days, like the spirit, the God, the faith, the religion. Yeah, sure. But like, it's bigger than that. And it's part of our health. The health of our bodies and wellness has to do with mind, body, and spirit being healthy. So think on that. That's a whole third, right? That's a lot of our health. And if our mind has anger around that or has like a feeling of being isolated or betrayed or not watched after, um, you know, I just, I've heard so many stories that are so horrific And people are so strong in their faith still. And I've seen people literally, you know, forgive someone on death row for harming their child or, you know, these things that are just incomprehensible, really. And every time you hear them talk about God and faith, it seems like, you know, I mean, I won't say every time because I don't know. I haven't listened to every single situation like this when somebody has this overwhelming ability to forgive the unforgivable but it does often seem like these are people who just like, God's got me. It's not my, you know, it's not up to me to judge them. They'll have their judgment someday. You know, I forgive them. And you know what that does? That forgiveness means it takes away the ability of that traumatic event to make you ill. (laughs) My dog decided to join. (laughs) It takes away the power of that trauma or that thing to make you not well. So that gives you the power back. You know, like what I mean by that is just that if you give the power over to, you know, the murderer, the person who stole your stuff, the person, whatever it is, you know, you give the power to them when you allow it to make you angry and to allow it to have all this stuff build up inside you of hate and it's just not the good stuff you want to be filling your body and your mind up with so releasing that oh it's powerful but how do you release that that's so big for me the only release that can happen with things that big are having somebody to give it to right like when you believe and have faith in a god who's willing to say I'll take that from you and I will bear that pain for you. And I didn't believe that was a real thing that could really happen until it did. Until I was in a pile on my kitchen floor and the tears wouldn't stop rolling and I didn't know how to face people. I couldn't pick up the phone. I couldn't stop listening to sad music. I couldn't stop hysterically like, you know, and I said, I can't do it. And I turned it over and basically said, fine, you, you're, you're driving, I'm out. You know, it was that simple. It was just a switch. I said, I'm done. I get it now. I'm not in control. You are. You take over. But I need you to take this pain out of my heart. And the hole is still there in my heart. The absence of my husband has not gone away. 
I'm completely aware of it. I have moments of pain in my life. I just don't live in complete torture like that very moment when I asked him to step in. I'm not there 24-7. I have now had hard laughs, good times, genuine smiles, and I didn't think that was possible. I didn't even think that was remotely possible until I said, okay, fine, you can have it. This pain's too much for a human person to bear. I am not going to do it. I'm going to give it to you because I know you will and I know you can. Thank you and I'm following you. Like I am now listening with open ears. And did I hear some big downloaded message? No. Like let's be clear on this. And I apologize, Stitch is so snorty today. <laughs> um, I didn't get some big download that people talk about where I like suddenly like had this big message come to me. You need to do this. Help people with their cancer and grief. And that didn't happen. I didn't have some big aha moment. I just started taking action without even realizing I was doing it. It was like I was, like the car was being driven by someone else. Like I was just doing, 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 doing. And whether or not I started doing because of my anger to just keep busy, just so I have to face whatever it was, whatever inspiration there happened, I don't know. But I kept doing because I had to do. And pretty soon my life had been led down a path that was helping people and helping me. And got me out of my financial worries because, you know, everybody worries. I don't care like how ready or, you know, how well you saved or whatever. This All of a sudden, when you are barely like in your 40s and the love of your life, who is the prime breadwinner and you are a stay-at-home uh, parent, passes, you go through a moment of, oh my goodness, am I going to even be able to afford this lifestyle, right? Or life, period. <laughs> like, am I going to be able to afford life? So that happened. But, um, so I went through fear and all this stuff, like, but it didn't last. Um, it like I, all of those boxes have been checked and looked out for, for me. You know what I mean? Like, I believe that God has put me on a path that will make all of those things okay. The thing that can't be fixed is obviously the missing person in my life. And most of you are probably already thinking of a thing in your head right now that no matter how much you pray on or ask for help, that thing can't be changed. They can't bring back my person. Um, this can't be undone. That can't be mended, whatever it is. Um, but I don't know. Even then, I say to that argument that what about the what we don't know part? I mean, real faith comes with a real belief in, you know, this not being the final chapter, that there's an eternal life. And if you do believe in anything beyond, you know, this human life here on earth, like anything beyond that, um, then you know there's more to come. And what if all, everything, every hardship you're facing right now is just to make it so in the next phase of whatever is next to come is even better for you? You know, even somebody who was stripped of their person like I was. What if my husband's just there readying up our next place? <laughs> what if he's just there to make sure my transition's a little easier? What if on this radar of life, like this time here on this earth spent is such a little tiny freckle in comparison to the enormousness of forever that it, God knows it's hard and painful and you're getting dealt a worse hand, but... It's just a teeny tiny speck of time. And he knows what eternity is going to look like for you. And it's going to be wonderful. 
You know, I mean, there's so many things that nobody has solid, solid evidence to say this is. Uh, that's part of what the word, the very word faith actually means is you're not having that knowledge. You don't get to know anything as some big certainty. You just believe it, <laughs> you know, and there's something beautiful in that. Um, I'm going to take a quick break right here just because I'm starting to ramble on a topic I shouldn't even be talking about. So there you go, mom. <laughs> All right, guys, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Hi guys, if you're feeling like you are suffering from feeling isolated in your grief, not having people around you to support you, uh, I have a Facebook group for that. <laughs> it is called Connection Beyond Struggle for a Grieving Soulmate. And if you have a soul-crushing loss that you're just feeling like you're needing some support of others, this is the group for you. Um, it is wildly growing and super supportive. I am so proud to say that this group of people I've brought in are fantastic. If you want your own invitation to join, just check out the link in the description today and I will be sure to drop it there for you so you can grab your invitation and I hope I see you on the inside. All right, back to the show. Well, the second half of this show should be interesting. My dog is officially snoring loudly in the background. <laughs> I don't want to leave him out, though. He loves to do this with me. It's fine. I got dog support here, I guess. But um, today, it's not much in the way of support. It's more, uh, I think, bored him right to sleep. <laughs> so hopefully, this gets a little more exciting because I want to talk about some really good things here. Before the start of a service, our pastor read aloud a note that had been handed moments earlier to him, and this is what it said on it. It says here that I should announce that there will be no BS tomorrow morning. He tucked the piece of paper away and said, I'm hoping they mean Bible study. <laughs> and the reason I told you this sort of silly little joke, but is because this was my grandmother growing up. She was this quick-witted, adorable little French woman who always had a joke like that in her pocket. She told me once that she often got them from our priest at church, and he would read them before Mass started. Um, and so I loved that. I loved to get those little, like, they were just like these innocent, funny, make you chuckle, you know, I just love how freely, though, she brought religion into a conversation in such a light way. Um, it's great because you think about it. I mean, we talk about the Pledge of Allegiance and how, you know, they took the name of God right out of it. And how so often, you know, you look online and if people are talking about God, they don't even write God anymore. They take the O out. Have you seen that? It's capital G dash D. And I know... There's got to be reasons for this madness, and all I can think is that it's because maybe if you say the word God, that it won't be shown to as many people, or that it will be offensive to some people. I don't know, but I made a very deliberate decision that I wasn't going to do that with my career, with everything I move forward with, because I asked God to help me with it, right? You can't ask somebody to help you with something and then literally say but I will never make a mention of you I will never speak of you I'm never gonna like give the credit where credit's due so I'm always gonna give the credit where credit's due because for me it was God and it is God 
So I say God freely and I know it offends some and I'm sorry that it offends you. But I think if we all tried to not offend anybody, there would be so little we could actually talk about because something offends everybody. Um, you know, I have a French bulldog that offends some people because it's a breed that, you know, you're not going to find at a rescue shelter. And I'm all for rescuing dogs. I actually have the biggest love in my heart of dogs. There's reasons, though, that I got a French bulldog. It has zero to do with whether or not I support, you know, rescues or have, you know, I've volunteered at humane societies and done plenty of fundraisers for them and love rescue dogs. We took on a rescue dog. Uh, this is a totally different decision for a totally different reason. So, like, what you don't know about people is makes the whole picture. Do you know what I'm saying? Like... To make a judgment on one flash thing and say, oh, here we go again, another person getting this fancy breed of dog that, you know, when all these dogs are just like suffering for a home and not knowing their story, it's just not fair. And that's how I feel about God. It's like, it's just not even fair that like so many people are willing to shut a door because you're going to talk about it. Like, I'm going to talk about it, but I'm also going to talk about a million other things, and I'm not going to preach it, and I'm not going to be mad at you if you don't choose it. It's like, I love spaghetti, but hey, put some chicken on your plate, and like, I'm not walking away from you. Our friendship's not over. I'm not totally offended at the lack of pasta on your plate. Do you know what I mean? Like, why do we get so up in ourselves? I honestly think it's because we're easily offended because what? Like, I mean, what? What could possibly be making people so easily to be offended? If we really think on this for a second. I think it's our own past traumas. I just do. I think our own past bad experiences with whatever makes us so quick to jump to a conclusion. And I've said this in a past episode. I'll say it again. It was Anais Nin that made this quote. I'm not like it's not my own. But we do see the world the way we are, not the way that it is, the way we are. You know, I obviously I just paraphrase that. But like, you're not seeing things as it is necessarily. Like, just because somebody, you know, is talking about God right now doesn't mean that they're going to be some preachy, you know, I'm better than you, whatever, that you need to cut off out of your life. Just because somebody didn't rescue a dog this go-around doesn't mean that they have no conscience around like you know what happens to these dogs and puppy mills and it, these things might be so unrelated to reality you know you got to know the whole picture of a person before you're upset with them you know even where they're at at a given moment on a given day nobody knows why i decided to do this um podcast on this topic today nobody was there with me in my car when i got up this morning and what happened on the way to school to drop my kids off or what happened when I opened up my social media account or any of that stuff. Well, you want to know actually what happened? <laughs> I should share this. So the first thing I actually saw that started my day off was somebody who was highly offended by the fact that I was asking for a phone number when people signed on to join my Facebook group. And she said something that really burned me a bit because Nobody ever wants to have a flag around them. Like, I hear I'm bringing in so many people, helping so many people inside this group. And the last thing I wanted was people to see it like a comment that made it sound like I was spammy, you know? And they said, oh, that's how scams happen and da da da. And my response, I mean, I think I, I said it well, but like, 
you know, the whole purpose as to why I even asked for phone numbers was because if somebody wasn't willing to get it, get, like to give their phone number, there's a likelihood that they aren't even willing to step up to the plate for an exchange to happen. Do you know what I mean? They're not even ready to receive anything. So it's like part of it was almost like testing the waters. If this is some scammer or whatever, they're not going to be giving me their personal information, their name or email or um, phone number. It's highly unlikely. They still could slip through the cracks. But literally, I spend days before I accept anybody in, I check their personal Facebook page. Do they look like a real person? Are they saying like, in their thing, yeah, I just lost my husband last year. And then you look at their social media and they're out with their, you know, husband at a concert like yesterday. And like, you know what I mean? I just make sure that it looks right. <laughs> and I don't care. Like I will like breeze through it. But I do take extra steps that a lot of people don't take to ensure that nobody gets in that's going to be like harassing people or saying rude things or what like I'm trying to make sure we are a positive community and that people are hurting but that they're you know what I mean like I I take the extra layer and she was trying to say I think like that I was gonna sell the phone number or I was gonna be I don't know calling people and trying to scam them I don't I don't know what the implication was but it just sounded so bad and then someone else immediately jumped in and said Oh, yeah, I never give my phone number. And I thought, well, this is interesting because, well, one, I want to help people. And if people aren't even willing to, to, like, provide that information because they're afraid of me, like, that stinks. Like, what's happening here? And I'm actually doing it to look out for them with an extra, you know, sort of layer of security. Plus, I also want to make sure, you know, when you have hundreds of people that are coming in to a Facebook group, you want to make sure that eventually your posts and your lives can be shared with everybody. Well, how am I gonna let you know I'm about to go live in the group? Are you gonna sit there and watch it all day? Like, Facebook's not gonna show it to 100% of the people in the group. So I will send an email that morning and just say, hey, if you you know wanna join, I'm doing it today at one. Don't want to, that's fine, unsubscribe if you're sick of me reminding you in your email or letting you know. Um, I don't sell it to anybody. I'm not, you know, sending things multiple times a day. This is once a week. You know, and I do the same thing when I have like a value post, but I don't want people to miss. I'm like, they're joining because they want to get something out of it that's helpful and positive. So I've got to make sure I have ways to like reach out. So, you know, I responded that way, but boy, yeah. Um, when people, and this is, this is actually a reflection of myself as well, because I have in my life also been very on guard and thinking that why do they need this and that and very like cautious but again it's coming from where you are I'm coming from there because I had been you know on the receiving end of somebody who was just like looking to get my email add it to their collection sell it off that's why I have a privacy policy though is to ensure people hey your stuff's safe with me I'm not giving it to anybody you know what I mean like it's good that people are more cautious and I would say hey just go with your gut if it doesn't feel right but um you know it definitely burns you. So then what just happened there? So she was burned by something probably in her life that led her to be cautious about something in my life. Then in my life, she just added this, you know, event that now has made me more cautious going forward and is now changing how I want to do things. Because now I'm like, oh, maybe I should just get rid of that. I don't want to scare people away. And I don't think I'm scammy or spammy or whatever. Like, you know, it just, it's funny how a trickle down effect of one person's experience might lead to a whole nation of fear. And I bring this up because 
there's clearly something at play here when it talk when we're afraid to even speak on God. And I think it's because so many times we've seen the one or two people that get so up in arms about it because that's not their experience and don't push your religion on me and da, 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 because they must have had something happen where someone tried to shove it down their throat at some point in their life. You know what I mean? And a true, like if you really are just like your own authentic self, how can people really be so offended by like your stance on things unless you're trying to force it? Like I, I'm all about like this whole podcast. Here's what I've experienced, why I am where I'm at. And like, take it or leave it. I'm all right with that. I let it roll at this point. Like, it's not going to affect me either way. But I feel like the fear of even saying the message is a problem in today's society. Like, everybody's so afraid to say what they might know to be solid truth just because of the response they might get. And that stinks. You know why? Guess who suffers there? Us. Like, we're not getting the information anymore because people are afraid of, like, reactions. I sometimes think this is our government's whole thing. Like, I feel like they might very well just be nervous to give the public all of the truths all the time because we'd be in a panic running in circles like a chicken with our heads cut off. You know, we don't know how to take information and just relax with it. Let it be what it is. Like, we chime in with stuff. Um, you know, I like, this is another little, just like my life story, but, um, I just recently, my kids came home from school. Um, there's just like no congruency of communication happening. My kids both got different messages. I think it's the kids, not the teachers, by the way. I'm just going to say right up front. Like, I'm not sure like my oldest really, Nermo is my youngest this time that might've gotten the story twisted, but Anyway, I needed to load money on their cards for their lunch programs and the whole thing because my kids love getting tray lunch just because it's a, a social experiment. I think they like to hang with the kids in line and whatever. It's a whole thing, which is fine. But um, they, I noticed like every kid was used to tray lunch because our tray lunch um, company, we call it tray lunch at our school, hot lunch, whatever you call it. But um it was great. The food was really good, apparently, in the last few years. Now we just swapped to a new company this year. So um, I didn't, wasn't even like really thinking twice about it when I put money on the card, loaded them up for the year. But my, both kids actually came home the first day, were starving. And there's always a transition, like they're in a growth spurt. They've been home where they had snacks at their fingertips and huge lunches and whatnot. So like a small school lunch with a short amount of time to eat it, um... My oldest, for the first time, didn't have snack time anymore because he's in the junior high. And the, the little one was like, you know, I'm sure talking as much as he was eating. But anyway, starving. So I thought nothing of it. Day two rolls around. My little one, once again, mom, can I have a snack? Like the second he gets in the car. I was like, wow. So we get home and he goes, the lunch portions are so small. I'm not eating enough. I'm starving all day. I was like, oh, that's sad. And then like... So I look online and I see this whole little thread about um, the food and stuff. So someone else, like two, three other people said something about the portion size of lunches. And I was like, oh, shoot. I thought like this was an exaggeration of my kids based on like, yeah, like me probably overfeeding them all summer or whatever. But um, that stinks if that's the true story because, you know, this is a new company. I hope we're not in a contract for too long. That's how I would have said it through a spoken word to somebody, which I don't think is very offensive to most people. But um, 
and then somebody else who was like a parent of another kid at the high school chimed in with almost like a really kind of rude retort, which was kind of like, you know, hey, there's a solution to all of this. Take the time, plan, have your kids pack their own lunch and bring it from home, which was almost like felt like her shutting us down, like stop complaining people, which I wasn't intending my comment to be. I was just kind of joining in on the conversation because everybody was like slamming it. So I was kind of just like, oh, shoot, like that stinks. I was kind of hoping that this was, but now I'm hearing it from a few people. I wonder if there's opportunity for us to like say to the company, hey, you know, we might go to a different company, but like, can you up the portion sizes or another option? Like where some kids that want more food could like pay a little more and get a little more, I don't know, whatever. I was just trying to figure out like, but, um, so then the next day, um, my little one came home and I, I was like, well, it's funny. Everyone was complaining about the milk, but you guys didn't really complain much. They're like, well, yeah, there were some chunks in it, but I was like, whoa, wait a minute. What do you mean there was chunks in it? Did you check the expiration date? It's not that. I was like, well, maybe they were frozen and there was some ice. No, it's not that either. There's like lumps in it. I was like, what on earth? My little one's like, well, it didn't even taste that bad. It was fine. I tried to suck on it to see if it was ice. I was like all the while cringing, like, oh my God, you're bringing juice boxes then or something or milks from home or whatever water, drink your water bottle for goodness sakes. But uh, they weren't even complaining about it. They were just kind of like, hey, here's what I saw. No big deal. It's fine. It tasted all right, I guess. But like... Um, again, like our perception, what we read and what we hear and the inflections in people's voices and sarcasm, a lot of that stuff doesn't translate in writing for one, but to get so highly offended by other people where it sounds like they're complaining, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes my advice to people is to like reread it through a totally different voice. I had, um, an old grief client a while back tell me actually that she had heard something from a family member and I said, well, have you tried to reread what it was because she was very offended by what she had said to her. I said, have you tried rereading it and do it like she was so totally trying to be supportive and happy and positive. And it's funny if you read the same bit of copy, the same print and you reread it and try to imagine now I'm going to read it as though I'm trying to be encouraging. Sometimes you realize, oh, shoot, they might have actually been trying to say it that way. You know, we're offended before we even really know what someone's saying. Like we're assuming based on our life experiences or, you know, how we read it, which is based on how we are. <laughs> this is what a trickle down effect. But uh, I just, I wanted to get into this today, guys, because God, I have decided and made the effort that I'm not cutting him out of this experience. I know I could have more followers, more listeners, more people reading my blog, more people joining my group, more people buying my products, whatever. I don't care. I am not going to stop talking about what worked for me because my whole thing is trying to share my experience with other people so they can hopefully have a positive experience themselves through the things I've learned and that have worked for me. How can I cut out that third of mind, body, and spirit? Like, we have to talk about it. We can't be so afraid to offend people. Like, it's not even like, I'm not saying you have to hop on my bus and go with me. I'm saying you have to have faith in something. You have to have a place to put all of your um, energy and your belief. And like, that's what I encourage for you. I'm not saying even that you have to. I'm just going to like correct my words right here and there. But like, not have to, but it just helps. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard, hard enough, let alone isolating yourself and making yourself alone and not having a higher power on your side and belief that someone has your back. If you put your faith in that, and I don't care, 
you know, whether you all your belief is in like Pinocchio. But if you fully believe you are watched out for, looked after, you know, every time if you pray to this person, to this spirit, to this energy, to this God, every single time you're heard, your best interests are at play. You know, like you just got to really, it's faith that I'm preaching. I'm preaching to have faith in something more, having something bigger than yourself. It also helps us with our moral obligation in life, right? Like, why wouldn't you just steal something off a shelf? Well, because you believe someone else worked hard to be able to have that and it's theirs and it belongs to them. Okay. Well, why should it matter though? I mean, that's what I'm getting at. Like we teach our kids this because it's what's right. Says who, right? Well, God. I mean, to me, I have faith in higher power. I believe that it does matter. And I believe in just doing what's right. I'm a good person, you know? Some people don't feel that any of that matters. And some people have faith in God and believe it doesn't matter, you know, like it's, we're all coming from different walks. But I think to help us gain clarity and to have success in being healthier, in, um, you know, being successful and being a good human being, I think that it's important to embrace every aspect of your life and not hide it from the world, not be afraid to share it or speak on it. Because then I think you're asking for something from somebody who you are, you know, denying to stand behind. I think there's, um, I'm going to really sound like an idiot when I say this. I should have done my research before even speaking on this in a podcast, but there being a story in the Bible about um, somebody who denied God. And, you know, here's all I'm saying is that if you deny and deny and deny God, how can you then, when things are awful, expect him to stand for you? You know, but yet I still feel like God does. You know, he forgives all. But I mean, it's like, how many times are you going to just keep turning your back and saying, well, I'm not going to talk on that or I just won't bring it up. I don't know. I mean, your two cents of advice around how God helped you I don't think it's going to end a friendship, but it might actually help that person get through something really hard. So, you know, I decided to just drop all the pretenses and dancing around the topic that is the almighty don't talk about topic, you know, because God forbid we are a very, very sensitive, sensitive group <laughs> these days that if I talk about the color pink, somebody's offended. If I, you know, talk about cotton... There are people who are all organic that are going to never talk to me again. Well, I've decided in my life, people shall come, people shall go, and that's okay. The people that are going to stick around are likely the people, one, that do have similar beliefs to yours, or they are people who, like myself, are accepting of all types of people and don't care. They don't care what your beliefs are. They don't care how you dress how, or any of it. I am accepting of you as you are. I'm very grateful for all of you who've been listening and following this podcast. Um, I'm getting up there with my downloads. I'm super excited. I have almost 800 downloads now, which is a, a huge testament to just keeping going with it. You know, sometimes you wonder, is anybody out there listening? But I, I see you. <laughs> I'm grateful I haven't lost you so far. Hopefully I didn't lose you on this episode where I just wasn't afraid to just throw it all out there and say, yep, I am a believer in God. He's following me on my path has helped me tremendously. And I hope that you have some type of faith in higher power 
uh, God, you know, universe, be it what it is, but um, I hope that that faith carries you and brings you through some really tough times. I hope you never even have any really tough times. <laughs> so for today, it is a Friday, um, going into the nice weekend, and I hope that you guys have another great week. All right, take care, and hopefully I'll see you on the next episode.